Good morning. We should put some lyrics to that. So it's back from, back from, back from the brink. Yeah, maybe not. Um, it is Monday, October 5th. I'm Todd Brinker. Aaron will be joining us momentarily. Welcome to Back from the Brink, the after show from our radio show on KCA Radio in Southern California. The morning show is on the brink. Therefore, we are back from the brink. And we are so happy to have you with us today. Uh, so I have been um, watching some sports ball on the weekend. Looking forward to the game tonight, my Green Bay Packers. Yes, they are my Green Bay Packers. I wish they were. You know, a few years ago they were selling stock in the, comp- in the, in the team. The Packers are the only team that is uh, owned by the fans, and they actually still sell stock in the company every once in a while when they want to do some expansion or they need some capital improvements on their stadium. Last time they did it, I didn't have the funds available to buy a share, and I just want to share with my name on it so I can put it up there and say, yeah, see, I'm part owner. Um, but I, alas, do not have a share and they're non-transferable. They're non-voting. They're worth nothing. It's basically a you know several hundred dollar, and I think now last time they were like four hundred dollar uh, piece of paper that you can stick on the wall and go, look, I'm partial owner, and you're nothing. But um, uh, you can buy a piece of history, supposedly, and uh, it would be so cool if I had that. But uh, when they have been available for sale, I have not been in a position to to spend that kind of money for a piece of paper that was worthless. So I, I, I'm not an owner of the Green Bay Packers, and they are not my Green Bay Packers, but uh, I am a fan, and they played tonight against the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Ten years ago, Aaron Rodgers stepped onto the big stage by basically just blowing them out in a similar situation. And so um, let's... Here's to another great blowout game. Um, may Green Bay continue to move forward, and uh, and hopefully we will advance and go to four and zero. That would be awesome. So, um, anyhow, the um, uh, the uh, other stuff going on in the news. Um, the president has COVID. If you haven't heard, or if you've been under a rock somewhere. And then yesterday, apparently, he decided to go drive by and let people see him up and about. So he got into his limousine called The Beast, and they drove him around, and he waved, and then he went back to the hospital. Um, and and there's been people making lots of presumptions about what he, how he's doing based on the fact that they said he's being given a... Um, a um, anti-inflammatory, a steroidal anti-inflammatory drug that some people are saying you wouldn't have given him that if he wasn't much more severe than he's saying. And I think that 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 just you know, doctors are not beyond political hype. There's doctors and psychiatrists and psychologists that are coming out of the woodwork to say you know Trump's this or that or Biden's you know that or this, and and they're. They're so politically motivated and so obviously politically motivated that just because they happen to have an MD doesn't mean that they are are above reproach. And some of these people are are uh, you know it is sad in my mind that they are trying to leverage their supposed knowledge of an area to 
bend people's political perspective, and, and it, it, it makes me sad and, and somewhat angry when I hear it. And, uh, you know, and we've had people on the radio show that do the same thing. Um, you know, we're not immune to sharing our airwaves with people who have weird opinions, um, you know, and that's fine. You know, just because they're different than me doesn't make them weird opinions. Everybody is entitled to have their opinion. Um, but I wish they would voice it in my opinion instead of trying to talk about it as if it was some sort of fact. Because too often, too often, it's not a fact. It's just an opinion. Um, you know, I think that's part of the demise of today's news is that we have lost the ability to uh, differentiate between fact and an opinion. And, uh, and that, that too is sad. So, hey, Aaron is here. Yay, so you don't have to listen to me. Let's get Aaron on. Welcome. Hello, hello. How are you? It's been so long since I've spoken to you. <laughs> you know, it's nice. and It's only 70 degrees out this morning. Yeah, the weather uh, folks were saying um, that we're going to get a little bit of a um, cooling spell, which is indeed overdue. Mm-hmm. Indeed do. And big time overdue. Yeah. Yeah. It it uh you know, we we had a fairly late you know, I don't know, is it politically impolite to now call them Indian summers, you know, but that that, that summer that kinda keeps back keeps coming back into autumn and you're like, Come on, it's supposed to be autumn now. Um <laughs> And we kind of, you know, we, we kind of had uh, a little bit of a cooling for a while. And then suddenly this last week, it was up in the hundreds again. And it's like, no, it's October, man. This is not right. Cut it out. So um, today, it's it, at least here in Corona, it's supposed to still be a high of 98. But tomorrow's 94, then 91, then down into the low and mid and low 80s. And by next weekend, we may even get into the 70s. So... Autumn is actually, um, you know, rearing its lovely head as opposed to summer for a change. We're oh, coming into good. the season I really like. <laughs> yes, know? I love our, oh, I, I, I like autumn. I love autumn. I love winter. I love spring. Yeah. Although, you know, I just, I just hate our summers. Our summers are miserable. Yeah. Like, I know everywhere on the planet has their miserable season. You just, that's just the way it is. And um, uh-huh. for us, it's summer. You know, I I will say I like autumn and I like spring. I'm not particularly fond of winter, but then we live here, so we really don't get winter. We can go visit it up in the mountains if we want to. Yes. You know, I don't like living in winter all that much. It's okay if you dress all right for it. It's tolerable. I prefer winter to summer, but we don't really get winter. I mean, you know, those of you who live in places where you get snow on the ground, you get winter. And... You know, it has its pluses and minuses. I mean, a snowman is nice and occasionally, but, uh, you know, the sloshy roads and the freezing cold weather. And... <sighs> Excuse me. I'm guessing to- Todd had to sneeze. I did have to sneeze. I, I don't know what to tell you, but I had to sneeze. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. You know, I almost did one of those, like, head-snapping sneezes where I head-butted the microphone, which would have been fun. Oh. Yes. You know, so. Tobin holds his sneezes in. And I do often as well. I try. I, I fight it. Oh, you shouldn't fight it. Just let it go. 
No, I mean, I fight the, I fight the, the desire to hold it in, which is what I have, I naturally do. I naturally Uh, hold it in and, um, I, I try to fight that desire because I've had people tell me that's not good. You shouldn't do that. Just let it go. And so I try to. Your body's trying to expel something. Yeah. Do its thing. Yeah, well, very often I think it's trying to expel something that it has imagined is there because of an allergic reaction. There's not really anything there. <laughs> I well, think it's yeah, just... There's, there's, there's dust and mites and other things in the air, and dust mites um, in the air that, uh, you know, yeah. that, you, that, that, that could be flying around that are smaller than your eye can see. That, yeah, but, but know, all that stuff is there most of the time anyway, isn't it? it? What was that? I mean, all that junk is there most of the time anyway. It's just that I'm now having a reaction to it. You know? <laughs> yes. Your body I mean, thinks something's there. Your body wants to get rid of something. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, if yeah, those of us who think we live in clean, purified air environments, um, wrong. <laughs> There's stuff in all of our air all the time. But, uh, you know, it's funny. I sit here in my shack out back, and, I mean, it is literally like a... a eight by 10 space. So it's a pretty small space and it has its own air conditioner with a filter on it and an air filter going in here all to- at all times. Uh, you know, and it's a HEPA filter with, with a charcoal layer. And so, so, you know, you'd think that this is fairly dust free, fairly, fairly clean environment. It's not like it's a clean room or anything like that, but I mean, and, uh, you know, when it's time to sneeze, it's time to sneeze. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. It is what it is. It is what it so, is. So, uh, you know, but, you know, we're talking about the nice weather, and, and I'm suddenly having an allergic reaction, and my nose is running, and yuck. Uh, well, you know, the air quality's been lousy for months now. It has, and and it's so, going to be for another couple months as they try to get all the fires out, because it yeah, takes you know, that it's long. Yeah, interesting. Last week, I looked at the footprint for the Bobcat fire. It's massive. It's, it's scary. absolutely massive. It's terrifying. Yeah. Well, what was it, last year or the year before when all of the stuff burned up in the Sonoma Valley and they said that these are the worst fires this, that the state has ever seen? Yeah. This fire, the, the fires that are going on in the state right now are literally twice the size of, of uh, twice the amount of area covered in burns than have ever been in the state of California. Wow. Twice. Well, 2020 went, hold my beer. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you think we're done? You? Nope. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You know, not only are we going to give you a deadly virus and a presidential impeachment and, uh, and you know, financial chaos. Let's burn the West while we're at it. And guess what? It's only October. I'm going to cry. It's oh only God. October. We've got one quarter of the, we're three quarters of the way through. There's one more quarter. Who knows what could happen? You know, we've got you an know. election in, 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 a, in a month, a little less than a month. Um, what might that bring? Have you gotten your ballot yet? I've not gotten my ballot. I finally did get my, um, my state booklet, the, what do they call that? The state ballot information booklet or whatever. That's a half inch thick or quarter inch thick. Five eighths of an inch. Let's call it five eighths. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, and so I've started looking at that. So maybe we should start planning to, um, like go through our booklets and, and, and each day pick a, um, uh, one of the, uh, ballot initiatives and talk about them as we, we go through should, October. Because the commercials are as vague as vague could be. Oh, no you know? kidding. Yeah. They only want to tell you what they want you to hear so that, you know, and they're hoping that nobody will look beyond that so that you'll just listen to a commercial and, and, and agree with whatever they're pitching. 
Yes. You know, whichever yes. side it is, it doesn't even matter which side it is because, you know, it's just that they're just pitching an, an opinion, a side, a direction, a yes. you know, vote, vote this for way my on that side one. or everybody's going to die. Vote for my yeah. side or, you know, you're going to you're going to be it in the be, poorhouse. With yeah. Financial ruin if you don't vote. Yes. Or no. Or maybe. <laughs> Whatever you do, just vote. You but know, vote my way. Is, in those situations. Um, and which is which is why I think some of them some of these were structured this way. People just vote no. Like, well, I don't know enough about this. I'm just going to vote no. Unfortunately, yeah. there's at least one of them on the ballot, and I think it's I think it's Prop 15, where a no vote is actually a yes vote. You know that yeah. how they do this to kind of yeah. manipulate it. Oh, I hate and it when they word it that way. I do too. You know, I think that's are you not evil. for this? What? what? Wait, what now? <laughs> vote no, yes what, what? if you are not for this. Huh? What? Wait, wait. Why did you say it that way? That's confusing. Yes, it is. I think, honestly, there needs to be, you can't, there needs to be a ballot measure or something. No, the legislature needs to do its job and and actually vote something in. But you you need truth in advertising. It needs to be absolutely transparent what they're trying to do. Yeah. How do you phrase that, though? You know, you cannot state the negative and 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 a yes vote cannot be the negative vote in a in the the structure of a ballot measure i, I don't know and what is the negative if you're for it yeah. it's positive you know it's I like know. i don't know I it's like it's so hard to phrase that they are you know the the poll ballot measure the whole i mean it's created an ungovernable state let's be honest the whole mm-hmm. you know ballot measure um you know proposition system in the state of California is to have lay people making decisions. This is what direct democracy looks like. Lay people making decisions about things they have absolutely no understanding about. Right. Well, and what 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 has happened is is that that a lot of the um, uh, people that we've elected just abdicate their authority to do any make any decisions, or if they if they're afraid that there's a decision they want to make, but if they do, it will not fly very well and, and might affect their ability to get reelected that instead of actually making a decision and just manning up they go and put it on a ballot measure and then they go well it's yeah. not our fault we didn't do it it's on a ballot exactly. measure you know cowardice. throw their hands up in the air exactly yeah. it's cowardice and um you know it's like sometimes you have to make a stand that might cost you something you have to risk something and 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 make a decision and stand on on whatever your beliefs are, your ethics and your morals are. And yeah. if that's unpopular, then so be it. You know, or maybe you rethink it and say, well maybe there's a reason it's unpopular. You know? Or yes. you educate people. If it's unpopular, explain to them why it should be done anyway. You know, oh, you there's lots certain. of options there that that are are the adult way to handle that as opposed to just paying it off on on a ballot measure and then going well i don't know i couldn't help it it was a ballot measure they you know they passed it and let's face it what what we found is is that the large mass of population is easy to manipulate if you have enough money if you have enough money you can create advertising and advertorials that make it sound logical and you can convince the masses to vote one way or the other and that has been shown to be the truth repeatedly, which is why the ballot measure thing works so well as a way for politicians and people with money to manipulate the masses to get laws that they want. That's exactly my point. Yep. That is exactly my point. And it's it's terrible. 
you hire people to do a job and pay them handsomely to do that job and that happens yeah it just it just makes me angry yeah well and that's how then you know corporate america basically gets the laws that they want in order to operate i'll tell you what that's the one reason that that there's a bunch of corporations that stay in california despite the ridiculous uh, uh amount of taxes and fees that they have to pay because we have a ballot system that allows them to manipulate the laws to allow them to do what they want to do they just have to throw some money at it boy do i sound cynical <laughs> stick yeah. it to the man and vote maybe on everything um, yeah there's not a maybe vote, though, here. I know. There's not a maybe vote, unfortunately. Vote out every yeah. incumbent ever, always. <laughs> there you go. How's that? How's that for sticking it to the man? You know, I, I honestly, there has to be a way. You know, we had ca- campaign finance reform. It didn't work. There has to be a way to get the, get the gobs of money out of politics because it creates... It, you know, there's a, there's a for politicians basically have to sell their soul to be reelected, yeah. and I'm exaggerating a little bit, but not much. Not much. Then, you know, John McCain are, tried and failed. Right, and people who yeah. are unwilling to do that um, are pushed out because they're not getting reelected because yeah. they're not giving they're not getting money from the right people. Yeah. And so, you know, I it, it, it we're all being we're okay. I've been watching the Game of Thrones. And so, you know, it's it's like little finger all over the place in our in mm-hmm. our legislature. Yeah, no, it very much is. It's it's and the thing is is that in order to make the change, you have to get there and to get there you have to corrupt yourself by taking money by people who have very specific ideas about how you should behave once you get there. And if you don't, when you get there, they will withdraw the money and you will then not be able to stay there. So you have to get there, do something quick, knowing that you will then be removed. And the problem is, is that we might get one or two people in like that, but the rest of the the um, politicians that are there are not. They're willing to sell their votes to do whatever they want to stay in their positions. And so you can't get any kind of a, of a consensus. You have to be wily enough to trick them into voting for something that was is is not in their personal best interest but is in the interest of the people which is what they were hired to do is in the interest of the people but that doesn't matter because that's not who's paying them that's right yeah you what know. do they say the golden rule is the, the the guy who has the gold makes the rules yeah yeah no you know that's that's there has been um, many a story been written about uh, the lamenting of, of the fact that, that we are not a democracy, we are a corporatocracy, and that, that corporations essentially create the laws that they want. And there's a lot of lamenting about the Silicon Valley companies now, you know, influencing the, the politics you know, with way, you know, too much power in our politics right now. Um, and that's just because they're the biggest, richest companies right now. You know, a uh, few years back, it was the oil companies or the military industrial complex companies. You know, the big companies like Boeing that were had a, had a stake in making sure that the government wanted to buy more airplanes and missiles. And, and, you know, and they still have those guys still have power, too. They leverage it. But, you know, the ones that are getting the news or in the news are the ones that are the biggest and most wealthy because they're the most powerful. It's the way it goes. It's the way it goes. Yeah, I got excused off of a uh, uh, 
uh, jury duty one time because they told us it was going to be an expert witness testimony. And they said, do you have any issues with that? And I said, well, I mean, I think that if there's expert witnesses that whomever, whichever side in the argument has more money will be able to hire more believable witnesses, whether they're telling the truth or not, that they can grab from a larger pool of available experts than somebody who has less money. And so therefore, a expert witness testimony is inherently unfair. And they looked at me and went, so do you think you can listen to both sides and make a decision as to what you think is fair? And I said, absolutely. I can listen to them and tell you which one I think was most convincing. <laughs> and they went, thank you. You're excused. You're not wrong, Todd. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, yeah, I, I don't, I still don't. Yeah. I don't think I was wrong at all. They made the mistake of asking me and I was being completely honest with my belief in, in the way that works. You know, I don't know if there's a better system, but that particular system, when you're doing expert witnesses, I think is just inherently poor. Uh, and, I was also being seated into the last chair as an alternate, and I, and they asked me these questions in open court in front of everybody else, and they had to excuse the entire jury and start over. <laughs> and somewhere, I think I'm on a list, <laughs> said, just say no to this guy. Just don't ask him to come here. We don't want him. He's a poison pill. Yeah. Yeah, and and the thing was, I honestly was I was happy to be on the jury. I really was. I was. I, I I've never had that experience. I've never made it to a jury, and I and I wouldn't have minded doing that. But I was being absolutely honest in my response to them about what I felt, and uh, yeah. So I didn't get that opportunity, and I could have lied and probably gotten a seat and been there at least as an alternate. But no, they don't want the truth. You can't handle the truth. I'm sure they were pretty upset with you on that day. <laughs> yeah, I got the stink eye from the judge and from uh, at least one of the two lawyers. The other one was laughing. But uh, he had a smirk on his face. like It's like, I hadn't seen one pull it off quite like that before. <laughs> you know, like, okay. Well, you asked. I told you. I'm being exactly. Be you know, said. Just telling you what you asked me. You want me to lie to you? Okay, I can do that too. And I can do it pretty pretty convincingly. I, I can be like one of those experts. Um, yeah. Oh, that's funny. God. Well, um, apparently um, there's still riots going, up at, going on in Washington. You know, I'm not hearing from the mainstream media about people acting out still but they but they still are i mean these protests are still happening um uh and but you know you have to go to the daily wire you have to go to other places to get the information um which is frustrating um you know i i i'm all for protests i'm not i'm not apparently there was a starbucks that was firebombed up in washington um and so you know i I have a problem with that. I have a problem with that kind of acting out. It really, um, it really bothers me. Another alleged Antifa accident or a activist, not accident. Um, apparently they grabbed a woman by the hair, um, because she was care and like dragged her down to the ground because she was carrying an American flag. Now this wasn't a white woman. It was a woman of color. So their cover of I'm doing this because whites are evil is it's just BS. They're doing it because they want to overthrow the United States government. 
Oh, but don't you know, Antifa isn't an organization. It's just an idea. Oh, God. What a load of garbage. <laughs> God. Yeah. Just, and I went, no. Aren't no. most organizations sort of formed around an idea? <laughs> isn't the, yes. <laughs> isn't that yes. how organizations work? I mean, the idea that we want to all read books together, and so we'll form a book club. You know, yes, that's an idea. Exactly. It's not actually a club. It's not actually people. It's just an idea. So yeah, Andy, that was a pretty Andy weak answer. Know, um, uh, he said there was a conservative protest today in downtown Portland. This wasn't in Washington. It was in Portland. Forgive me. Antifa came to attack the attendees. As they were leaving, they tried to steal a woman's U.S. flag. Uh, she refused to let it go, and they pulled her to the ground by her hair. She still didn't let it go. And she was a woman of color, apparently, This is what he said. So last should take week, that flag and, and, oh, I don't know if it had a pole, pole with it. I'd say use that pole and just shove it up there, arse. There but. you go. Yes. Last week, Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler asked the U.S. Attorney's Office and the Department of Homeland Security to rescind the federal designation um, of the Oregon State Police as federal deputies, ostensibly because deputies could charge Portland's uh, uh, protesters with federal crimes for assaulting officers and attacking federal buildings and fomenting unrest. So the, the, so, the, so the feds did this. The Justice Department, U.S. Attorney's Office, did this because Portland's not doing anything. They're not stopping this, the, you know, the protests and the riots and the, all of this continuing mm-hmm. to happen. And they've been happening for months. They're not they letting them charge them with local, uh, local crimes. And so they basically yes. federalized them and said, fine, then you can charge them with federal crimes. We've deputized yes. you. Yes. Yes. And uh, if, how is that mayor still in office? Yeah. Please tell me, because the people who vote are generally taxpayers, right? Because then, it, you know, the people, and I'm sure that those, the mobs of Antifa scumbags are, are not. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure many of them are not from that area. I wonder, you know, when they take office, what is their oath of office for that position? What are they, is something about upholding the laws? And if they're not doing that, could the, the police then come in and say, we're going to arrest you for, um, for uh, uh, breaking your oath? <laughs> that would be know. an interesting trial. You know, that you took an oath be. of office to do something. I would love to know what the what the oath says. And if you're not doing that so oath, then, you know, we're going to take action. You know, you were yes. hired and you made it and, and you swore on a Bible to do this or on a, you know, I don't know, stack of straw or whatever you swore on. Generally, yeah. it's a Bible, but, you know, these yeah. days and yeah, Portland. These days. So I just I just don't understand um I just don't understand why it's being allowed to continue. I don't understand why, you know, why yeah. Chaz or Chop or whatever the heck it was called um up in in uh, Seattle. Seattle why that was allowed to happen. I mean, you know, and I and I've talked to people who are politically on the left and they say, "Well, sometimes the unrest has to happen." I'm, I'm sorry, but burning down buildings and looting stores and putting graffiti everywhere? There, no, it doesn't have to happen. If yeah. you're trying to win people to your cause, that's not how you do it. Yeah. You know, I'm not good. If you destroy somebody's livelihood, it's not going to ingratiate yourself. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I mean, we, we I think you and I have been in agreement and said on multiple times that, yes, you have the right to say whatever you want, but your rights end at my face. You know, you don't you don't get to to destroy my stuff. In trying to make a point, you don't get to you know, attack me, you know, to make your point. You don't have that right. Your rights, you know, end at your body, and 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 
you know, my rights begin at my body. And when you cross over those lines, you know, and I say body, my body of stuff, you know, I mean, right, I, right, right. you know, people don't come, you know, and they go, oh, it's just property. You know, that's people's livelihoods. It's not just property. It's their only way of paying their bills. You know, yes. is your goal to basically put everybody on the government dole because you're going to destroy all private property? Maybe. Because if Some that's your goal, then God. just say it. Yeah, but if that's your goal, then just say it because you'll because because then you know everybody will at least know what your goal is, and and I suspect you'll get a lot less of the um, oh yeah, I'm on that guy's side. You know, they just yeah. truth in advertising. Well, there are there are Marxists actively trying to 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 destroy the uh, American capitalist system, and mm -hmm. do things need to be fixed? Yes, this crony capitalism that we have going right now really bothers me. I don't like it. I don't like the fact <laughs> well, that... Well, we our... were just lamenting that it's been, yes. you know, overtaken by corporate entities in terms of, you know, creating laws that work for them. Right. And so let's fix that uh, because I, I guarantee, you know, you look at any communist system, the people at the top are wicked wealthy and everybody else at the bottom is dirt poor. Yeah. So we don't want that either. We don't want that, you know. Build so, the middle class. The Pope has even come out and said that, you know, uh, now he's all he's been a socialist. He's South American. He's been a socialist, I think, his entire adult life, at least. Yeah. And he's he, come he, out he... and said that capitalism has failed and, and we need reform. Yeah. So I wonder how um, American Catholics are going to respond to that. Yeah, I don't know. You know, you he, know? He, he says that the coronavirus pandemic has proven that the magic theories, quote unquote, of market capitalism have failed and that the world needs a new type of politics and promotes dialogue that promotes dialogue and solidarity and rejects war at all costs. Well, the only way that you reject war at all costs is if you have a single dictator running the world because then there's no room for dissent, right? Because everybody has to agree with the single dictator. That's the only way that happens because people disagree naturally. It's human nature. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're not all going to agree on everything, but uh, yeah, I, I, you know, there are a lot of um, Catholic Americans who are strongly capitalists as well, and this puts them at odds in some ways, you know. And I'm sure that that they would disagree with me and say, no, it doesn't. You know, that that this is not a an edict by him saying that we all have to do this, but uh, but it's called the Fratelli Tutti. And what does that mean? I have no idea, but it's an encyclical, <laughs> which is, uh, you know, it, it it ratifies a change in church teaching is what it does, uh, according to this article. Huh. His new encyclical, Fratelli Tutti, does something that Catholics believes could not be done. It ratifies a change in church teaching, in this case, on the death penalty. In 2018, Pope Francis ordered a change in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, the official compendium of church teaching, when he termed the death penalty inadmissible. Today, the Pope put the full weight of his teaching and authority behind the statement. The death penalty is inadmissible and Catholics should work for its abolition. A papal encyclical is one of the highest of all documents in terms of its authority, removing any lingering doubt about church belief. Apparently, he started writing this over a year ago. There can be no stepping back from this position, says Francis, referring to the opposition to capital punishment expressed by uh, John Paul II. 
Today, we state clearly that the death penalty is inadmissible and that the Catholic Church is firmly committed to calling for its its abolition (laughs) worldwide. Uh, well, that's been church position for a long time, hasn't it? It's it it has not been a position, but um, since John Paul II, it has been a a stated a statement that the the church has made. Now it is their it is firmly committed to their position. It is it is is part of their catechism. It is what they teach, and that they will actively, as a church, now actively work to fight uh, the death penalty. Okay, yeah. So just like the Catholics have actively fought to end. Um, abortion. They are saying that this is 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 something that is human is wrong for human beings to take another life in any way, shape, or form, and we should stop it. Um, so, which so, is, I, and I paraphrase that, and that's not actually what they said because I'm sure that they would say that if people are you know marching in your country and attacking you, that you're allowed to fight back. They're not pacifists. So, but the so, death penalty. You know, so this this is then uh, this this movement against capitalism um, is an encyclical. It's a new encyclical. So Francis right. on Sunday laid out his vision for a post-COVID world by uniting the core elements of his social teachings into a new encyclical aimed at inspiring a revived sense of human of the human family. Fratelli tutti, which means brothers all, was released. Uh, on the feast day of his namesake, the peace-loving St. Francis of Assisi, or Assisi, the document draws its inspiration from the teachings of St. Francis and the Pope's previous preaching on injustices of the global economy and its destruction of the planet and pairs with his call for greater human solidarity to confront the dark clouds over a closed world. So, you know, this is, that is, that's serious. That's it serious. is. It's Saying absolutely that- serious, yeah. Yeah, and obviously it's a it's a fairly large document. He's been working on it for over a year, so he's got sections that talk about um, capitalism and structure of of society. There's the section that talks about the death penalty. Um, you know, uh, I was looking to see where I could download an English language version of it to start reading through it myself to get you know my own opinions or my own. I, I'm there's a whole bunch of articles out there where you kind of get somebody else's take on parts of it. I want to read the whole thing, you know. <laughs> Do they have it? Is it in? Um, it, it I I assume it's. I don't know. Can you go to pope. dot com and find it? <laughs> Ask your dad. He was no. He would know. He's yeah. super Catholic. <laughs> if you go to pope. dot com, it says Pope services under construction. <laughs> pope services. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> Sales at pope. dot com. Blank CDs are twenty percent off. Um, Blank CDs. That's what it says at Pope. I don't think it has anything to do with the Catholic Church. Oh. I think it has to do with some company called Pope Services, owned by oh, some guy oh. named, you know, Mister Pope. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's that. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I wonder how much, how much do everyday modern Catholics mm-hmm. and really because the church Vatican dot VA takes you there. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, how how much they the the people pay attention to what the what the Pope says? Like, if the Pope says be anti death penalty, are Catholics do they automatically say, well, that's what the Church says? I need to I need to believe that way, or are they more uh, more inclined to just use their own judgment? Yeah, I uh, I mean, I 
as a recovering Catholic, I can't speak for the Catholic Church. Let's put it that way. Um, you know, I and I, I say that very tongue in cheek. But um, the the you know, I suspect that just like every individual out there has their own opinions about the world, every every Catholic being a human being sort of has their own perspective on on what that means to them and how whether they you know take it as absolute. I mean, there are some people who are you know, hey, if the Pope says it, then it is. That is, you know, he he's the voice of the church and that's the direction we're going and then there are others who go like well okay i don't always agree 100 percent with my church but but you know i'll, I'll take 90 percent of it and that's enough for me so i'll you know i don't know you know it takes all kinds yeah again I, we can I, <laughs> we happen to know somebody who is very strongly and adamantly catholic and we can get his opinions there you go Talk there to my dad. Go. See what he says. Now he probably has not had an opportunity to yet read through the Tutti Frutti, and um, <laughs> and so oh my once he has a chance to read through it, he'll probably have some opinions. So I'm sorry, that was funny. <laughs> I calls him as I sees him. You know, oh. and and I totally respect the man, and and you know I don't disagree that with with some of his um, observations. I don't always agree with his prescriptions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the man's a socialist. The the pope is, you know, mm-hmm. and, and each pope is is different. You know, you. I think your dad probably um, feels more alignment with um, Pope Benedict mm-hmm. than he does with Pope Francis, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. It'd be interesting to ask him. We'll have to, we'll have to bring him yeah. on and have a, have a Catholic conversation one day. Yeah. Well, and you know, I think that regardless of what, what the topic is, whether it be the Pope or politics or, you know, any, I mean, any especially um, uh, polarizing type of topics, you will find that, 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 that there are things that, that people will say that to defend their position that they, you, you might not think they otherwise would have said, but they've reasoned a way to make it work for them. And we all do that. You know, I do it, you do it. We all look at a set of information and pick and choose the pieces that help support the way we kind of are feeling or believing. And we find reasons to look at parts that disagree with us and say, well, though I, I discount that because of X, Y, and Z that's human nature. And, right. and so, you know, um, and, and I think that, you know, to answer your question about, you know, do do the bishops or do other Catholics look at this and say, absolutely, I have to march this way? Some. Others are going to pick and choose and, and disregard bits of it. And they'll they'll say, well, I'm disregarding that because he clearly intended that to be just a suggestion as opposed to a absolute law. And, and others will look at the exact same thing and go, no, this was an absolute law. The Pope said it. This is how it has to be. And they will say that, you know, I mean... It, it, Depends on the person. Yeah, welcome to people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, have you ever gone to an ATM that's out of money? I have. Um, apparently, uh, three men uh, did went up to an ATM that wouldn't give them any money. And um, in a Chinese takeout restaurant in Philadelphia, uh, and that was open at the time. And they got so frustrated that they detonated. They detonated a device in it. They blew it up. They blew well, up the ATM. Was- in the restaurant. In the restaurant that was open at the time. Lovely. That's. <laughs> so apparently. There's no accounting for stupid. Right. Exactly. The, you can't fix it. 
The men entered this golden Chinese American takeout restaurant in Northwest Philadelphia. Um, shortly after 9 p.m. And on Friday, they ordered some food, then placed some kind of explosive device which damaged the ATM and the window and knocked items off shelves behind the counter. The three men went back into the establishment but were unable to remove the cash box that was still inside the damaged ATM. The, the three then fled, one on a bicycle and two, and other two on foot. Uh, police were searching for suspects and no ar- arrests were immediately have, have been reported. Well, see, I was laughing that they fled on a bicycle and on foot, and yet obviously it worked for them. <laughs> they got away. <laughs> so may- maybe they're not as dumb as I thought. Huh. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Crazy, right? Crazy. You know what people do that? It, although I guess you're wearing masks now, so they assume they can't be identified. But you, you think that, um, you know, there's cameras everywhere. Somebody's going to figure out who you are. Somebody's yeah. going to catch on film you putting on your dumb mask. Yeah. Like they got a picture, you know, there was a, a security video. Rick Moranis uh, was walking in New York City this last week and got basically punched in the face randomly by this dude um, and had to go to the hospital. And a lot of people, you know, I, you and I'll remember Rick Moranis, but a lot of younger people aren't going to know who he was because his wife died of cancer um, about just shy of 20 years ago. And he essentially quit working to stay home and raise his kids. And now that they're out of the house or of that age to be out of the house, um, he has started doing a little bit of work. And he was just recently in a... Uh, uh, commercial with Ryan Reynolds where basically they said so to talk about how wonderful our new wireless service is here's Rick Moranis you know famous comedian Rick Moranis walks out and goes hi and he goes and there he is Rick Moranis is that it <laughs> and he's like yep okay bye and he walks off and that was it you know and so it's first thing he's done in years was that commercial and it was you know it's typical his type of humor which is just sort of like not what you expect, you know. He he liked to do the the thing, the unexpected thing, you know. And so to have like famous comedian come out and go, "Hi," and not be particularly funny, was was hilarious. And uh, anyhow, uh, if I saw the video, and this guy uh, happened to be an African American, but Rick Moranis is a small man. This guy towered over him, and they're just walking past each other on the sidewalk. And this guy just hauls off and punches him in the face, and then keeps walking, walks away. Wow. Just randomly. And I'm sure he didn't even realize who the guy was, probably, because the guy looked like he was probably in his 20s. So he's probably, you know. He never saw the Honey movies. Uh, yeah. I, I doubt that he's, uh, yeah, been a fan of oh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Come on. Yeah. Ghostbusters. Yeah, you would think. But uh, anyhow, um, they then got a clear picture of the guy with his mask because he uh, uh, either went by or used an ATM either right before or right after that. And so they put his picture out, and uh, and there were already I don't know if they've got the guy now, but there were uh, there were several comments saying that that there were people who were coming in saying they recognized who it was, and it's like, dude, what were you doing? He just all halts off, and I mean, you, the only only excuse could be is like, okay, we find out this guy has mental illness or something, right? I mean, otherwise you're going like, what an idiot, you yes, know? You, you, haul, you yeah, haul, off. haul off and hit a small elderly man in the face, and I mean, he's like in his late sixties, early seventies. And just, you know, without any warning, for no reason. <laughs> I'm like, oh, people. I'm laughing because it's crazy. It is. It's, it's insane. And it's, it's insane. That, that Rick Moranis is, is he's going to be fine. Yeah, yeah. He, he's he's going to be okay. Um, you know, he, he, like, hurt his hip and obviously his jaw. Um, but when he fell, because, you know, 
when you're walking down the street and you pass somebody, you don't really expect them to just haul off and hit you. Although I did, you know, his type of humor is to do the unexpected. Well, that was unexpected. <laughs> Holy yeah. moly. Um, not exactly what he, yeah, exactly. Not exactly what he had planned probably for his no. afternoon stroll, you know, walking no. down to the bodega and boom. Rick um, Moranis is, his story is quite incredible. He walked away from a very lucrative career in Hollywood yeah. so he could take care of his kids. His wife was sick and I think she eventually passed away. She did. Um, and, um, he wanted to do the right thing and he did. I, you know, what an incredible incredible thing so many people would have just hired nannies and continued to work and he didn't do that yeah no he wanted to be there for his kids and he said you know they've got one parent now this is what you do plus you know you got to figure that he was dealing with the you know the the anguish of the loss of his wife as well so he needed healing time Um, he did i i had read that he said well you know initially i stayed home with the kids for a while and then a while turned into a lot longer while then that longer while turned into a really long while because it wasn't like I walked away and planned to be gone for 20 years I just did what I felt was right at each moment along the way and I looked up one day and I hadn't done anything in 17 years you know <laughs> and it was like oh okay well kids are gone maybe I should pick my life up and move on and so um I, I would definitely go to a movie that he did I yeah definitely definitely go to a movie that he did funny funny guy by the way the guy yeah. who punched him was wearing an i love new york t-shirt or a sweatshirt of course he was i love new york <laughs> bam completely out of time yeah so if you're in new york do not repeat do not punch rick Moranis in the face or anybody else for that matter keep your hands to yourself oh okay yeah we'll make it a global statement <laughs> Fine. god you know, Fine. everybody needs to get a copy of the book, Everything I Ever Needed to Know I Learned in Kindergarten. No kidding. That is really a good book. It is excellent. Yep. It is excellent. They take all those life lessons that you teach children and they apply them to adult life situations. And it is awesome because yeah. essentially the title says it all. Yep. It is incredibly accurately and well-written. It's And it's 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 sweet and endearing. And everybody should look at that. If you don't have a copy of, of that book, you should probably get one. It's worth yep. having. Get one. So. so so on that happy note, thank you for joining us. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm Aaron Brinker. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Mm-hmm.